0: Hello, hello, welcome back to my big sister's podcast. I'm your host, <laughs> Tina K. Do I have to say K still? Can I just say Tina? I really want to drop the K. Um, okay, guys, I'm late today. I have good reasons. I'm late today, though, but it's still going up on Monday. It's October 17th. I usually record earlier and then post it. But I'm just going to record this now and post it. I put it off because of the Haley and Selena update. Um, Okay, before we get into everything, let me tell you what we're going to talk about. First, I'm going to give you an update on how the infusion went. We're going to talk about Haley and Selena. And probably not much else. (laughs) Just because... I feel like I need to catch up. And then on the next episode, we could, you know, get into topics because I do have a screenshot of some really good ideas. You know, every week, if you don't follow the podcast Instagram, I'll put a question box of what do you guys want to talk about? What are you interested in? And you guys submit some really good ones. So we'll move on to that. But I just wanted to get the update out of the way. Um, I do have my drinks. I'm not going to shake them. I'll tell you why. Because I'm freezing. I'm shaking. I'm shaking. It's 70 degrees in the house, but I'm freezing because of the infusion. Oh my God, I don't even want to hold my drink. I'm thirsty and I don't even want to drink it. <laughs> the ice melted in my water because it is warm in here, but I'm freezing cold. So let me tell you what happened. Um, if you didn't listen to the last episode, I was very sad. <laughs> I told you I would laugh about it later. Um... I was very sad because I just had so much going on and going for treatment or anything medical, really, I'm rubbing my face, um, really sends me for a loop. (laughs) So dramatic. I also want to say thank you so much because even though I'm laughing at myself and I do think I was dramatic, I also do think it's important to share moments like that and I want to thank so many of you for reaching out and just letting me know that not only did you feel seen and heard by that, but you offered me a lot of support and I've told you over and over again how much that means to me. And I I really, really take it to heart. I take it seriously. I read every message. I respond to everything. If ever I don't respond, don't take it personal. It's probably something stupid like I read it or I got a phone call or Share needed something and I got distracted, but I never purposely don't answer, you know what I mean? And a lot of you expressed how seen you felt by the episode, because, which I didn't expect, actually. I really didn't expect anyone to find it validating or comforting, and in return, it made me feel comforted, so I really appreciate you sharing that with me, but a lot of you said it was... I guess, nice to hear that someone else goes through it and it's not just you because when you do have, I guess, I don't want to exclude anybody because there's clubs, right? You never want to be a part of this club. (laughs) You don't want to be a part of the, you don't want to be a part of the lifelong condition club, you know, and it's very unique and It's very, it could be really isolating, even though there's people in the same circumstance as you. It still feels so isolating. And we all have our shit, you know? So even if you don't have something as serious, it doesn't mean that your issues aren't serious to you. But it is nice to hear someone you like or someone you appreciate going through something similar. And I don't think it's a negative thing. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, I'm, gl- I'm glad your life sucks too. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Like, um, you know, when I felt like that, and still to today, when I feel really down about my health, I fucking hate looking at <laughs> the young, beautiful girls that are healthy and like at the beach. I've told you guys this before. I'm never jealous of money or looks, as in, like, who's prettier. Never. I, I I never emote that anymore. I used to when I was younger, but not now. Not since, like, 25. I I just, I don't know. I, I just really am never jealous. But let me fucking tell you what makes me jealous. Well, I don't want to say I'm never jealous, because I am. But it's not the usual Instagram perfect life shit that makes me jealous it's the people with health freedom and the people oh my god the people who are never tired oh my god oh (laughs) holy shit the people who don't get exhausted easily the people those types of people like i'll notice things like that like the girls who could just hustle 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 the girls who can like kind of have a cold but they can push through it oh god or like they work out every day because they're just like they don't even need coffee that shit makes me so jealous because (laughs) my energy levels are just not set up that way and they never were um I can go into my diagnosis story a different day but I I was never the healthiest you know we knew my whole life something was going on But things like this are hard to diagnose right away, especially for women. It takes a long time. I mean, I guess if you're privileged enough to have the best health care there is ever, you would find these things earlier. But if you're middle class or lower, you're not going to find out until there's a crisis event. You know, and if you know, you know, like I hope I say this and I hope none of you know because it's traumatic, but that's really how you find out. So I was never like the most energetic. I could be high energy. I just don't last that long. You know, like you get like a couple of high energy hours out of me and that's it. I'm exhausted. I need a nap. Can you hear that? I'm like waxy waney here because I'm so fucking cold. So anyway, I'm happy that I'll wrap that this part up. I'm really happy that some of you felt seen because I am aware of how isolating it is and how fucking hard it is to keep it together and just not have such heavy feelings. So everyone else is comfortable. Like I do see you and I do fucking understand. Holy shit. (laughs) Holy shit. Do I understand? So I'm glad that you guys. Well, I'm not. I don't want to say that. I'm not glad because that means you're going through something similar. And I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. But if we are going to go through it, I'm glad we're doing it together. (laughs) I'm glad that, you know, it does make me grateful that I have somewhere to put this. It makes me feel like it's not all for nothing. So that's what you do for me. It makes me feel like I'm not going through this for nothing. Okay, let me get into what happened. So I told you guys my biggest concern, well, I had a lot of concerns, but something that really added to the stress was my mom not being allowed to come with me and how the first time they did because they make exceptions for the first um, treatment. Um, But because of COVID, they restrict all visitors. Now, I don't want to sound like a COVID denier I had COVID three times I'm not a COVID denier but like I was explaining the last time logic is logic it's not adding up if you can have Uber delivery if you if you're not doing rapids as we walk in if you're just looking at pictures the vaccine card you're not even taking the vaccine card and making sure it's real and the logic is not logicking okay that's where I get frustrated because again you're not going to know this and unless it unless you're in it because I didn't know any of this until it was me the sick people I don't want to call it anything else but the people in the sick group right people with ailments people with illnesses you start to unless you're extreme, extremely wealthy to do, to do everything private you get discarded Okay, you, you're forgotten. You're quickly invisible. You were at the bottom of the fucking totem, totem pole. Okay, so while pregnant women can have their husbands or their mom in the room to literally give birth to a new baby that is seconds old, we can't have support even though we're literally drugged up, don't know where our bag is, don't know where our wallet is, don't know who's in the room, we can't have someone there for every session, right? Like to me, I'm sorry, that's never going to add up. I don't see why somebody pregnant can have more forgiveness and more, what is even the word? More privilege than somebody sick. It just, it's never going to be fair to me. There's so many other instances of this, like, And we could talk about it one day if you want. I don't want to make the whole podcast about me having a fucking illness, but getting a job is harder. I think I've said that to you guys before, like getting a job is harder. There's so many things where we get knocked down and discarded and it's called ableism and sometimes people are ableist and they don't even realize it. Sometimes There's so many corporations, there's so many things and places that are ableist that I did not know until I was diagnosed and had to to go through certain things. Now, I'm grateful for where I am because I'm one of the best case scenarios, right? I'm aware of that. But that's also why I say this. I'm one of the best case scenarios and I still get pushed and treated like shit for it. So it, it it adds frustration to an already hard thing for me to go through because you can't give me a logical explanation why my fucking mother can't be there with me to make sure that I'm okay for the six fucking hours that I'm in this hospital room with God knows who in and out the... F- in and out the front fucking doors. So let me tell you how the infusion works <laughs> and why it's... Listen, if I could be sober the whole time, I will I would be more reasonable because I am really, really reasonable, right? But I can't be. So the infusion is... Actually, I don't know how it works. I'm just going to tell you what I felt and what it feels like and what they have to do. I don't know the science because i can't look it up. My doctor told me <laughs> I can't remember what she said. I got to start recording what she says to me because i'm so stressed during the the appointments that i have no idea what she said. She explained it to me. It's something with the cells. Who fucking knows? I don't know. I can't say it because then it's going to pop up in my algorithms. <laughs> so annoying, right? If that didn't happen, i would say it and maybe eventually i could say it. So, you know, but literally if you say anything around your phone or your laptop it shows up on tiktok it shows up on google it shows up on the everywhere it's exhausting so anywho for the infusion um i'm moving my hands under my butt because i'm so cold the infusion makes you cold by the way so the first one i can't remember if i explained this so if i'm repeating myself i apologize your body has to get used to it, right? So this is new to me. This is the first year I'm going through it. That's probably why I'm so dramatic about it. The first infusion was was divided into two different sessions. It was 600 milligrams of the treatment split into two appointments. So I had one appointment in April for 300 milligrams. Two weeks later, I had another appointment for, for the next 300 milligrams and it was split into two. What we learned in those two is that I'm really allergic to it. So for your first session, they give you Pepsid. Well, they give you a steroid. They give you Pepsid and they give you Benadryl because they've tested this on people and they already know that some people are allergic. It makes you really nauseous. It, I guess, gives you a lot of heartburn. They give you Pepsid for the nausea. Um, and you have to have steroid because it's a new thing entering the body. You know, everything is like given with steroids. I was really allergic. Um, My mom was with me the first session of the first 300. And when it wore off, my throat was so itchy. Like I felt it getting itchy, but I was still kind of out of it. So I didn't know what that was right away. And then my skin started to bubble and then my throat felt really tight. And then I realized like I was, and then we called the nurse to say, My skin's bubbling. I'm really, really itchy. Like my whole body started getting itchy. So for the next one, they gave me a little bit more Benadryl and I was fine. For this session, the one I just went to last, what was it, last Tuesday? I was getting a full 600 at once. So this was the first time I'm getting the full 600 at once. Now, the first two times for the 300, I was in so much pain afterwards it was really painful and it was painful for a day. I was exhausted. I was exhausted for like two days and then I was fine. I was back to normal. This time I was having the full 600 at once. Holy shit. So when we got there, um, so okay, back to my mom coming with me. So this is my first session of a full 600. So we had called a bunch of times to ask for approval for my mom to come with me on account of this is the first time I'm going to have a full 600. They know what that means. They know it's more intense. It's more painful. It means more drugs. It means you're more vulnerable, vulnerable. You're going to feel more sick. All all of the above, right? They know that. So the lady on the phone is really sweet. She said, "Um, yeah, she can come with you as long as she has a vaccine card and blah, blah, blah. So we're like, okay, great. But they had told us this the first time. The very first session they told us this. And they gave me a hard time with my mom at security. Vaccine card or not, they didn't let her up. That she ended up sneaking upstairs because I was having a fucking meltdown. And she's a mother. So, of course, she was going to find her way to me. I mean, I think any mother would do the same. So... This time we called and the lady on the phone said they're going to let her up. Just make sure you have the vaccine card and, you know, whatever. But we were still kind of, you know, guarded and not guarded. We were still kind of like prepared mentally that they still might deny her downstairs because one person will tell you one thing and then you get there and they'll tell you another thing. Like they don't communicate well with each other. I don't know why. I'm sure there's a million different reasons for that. And I'm not knocking the healthcare system, but this is not the healthcare system. It's the building. This is security downstairs. So one day they'll, on the phone, they'll be like, yeah, she can go with you. Just make sure you have this, this, and this. We'll have everything we need. And when we get there, they say no. So we kind of, we were mentally like, okay, they might not let her up and she'll sneak up again. We'll figure it out, you know? So... By the time I got to the lobby, <laughs> I had a full panic attack. <laughs> like, bitch, we weren't even at security yet. And I could not fucking breathe. Like I told you, I think I told you this in the last one. I don't know if I mentioned it. I can't see people in wheelchairs or with canes or limping. It sets something off in me. I can't see it. And it's so terrible. And I don't mean to be that way. But I don't have space between when I see it and when I lose my breath. So when you're in the lobby of a facility like this, there's a lot of people (laughs) with canes and wheelchairs. And they're elderly too. This is an infusion center in part of a hospital that treats all different kinds of people. They're not all people that are like me. It's an infusion center for all different things. So... It's literally just my own anxiety. It, it's nothing specific. Like, it's just my own anxiety. And it doesn't matter the circumstance. I could be anywhere. If I see a cane or a wheelchair, I panic a little bit. The thing is, I couldn't look away. They were everywhere. <laughs> and I was trying my fucking best. I purposely wore makeup thinking like, I'm a dumbass, but thinking it's going to keep me from crying. Because I, I kind of knew, I was al- already feeling really anxious about it. But I kind of knew I was going to feel, well, I don't know. Because some days I'm really strong. But then some days I'm just like, not. So I wore makeup thinking it was going to keep me together. And sometimes it does. You know, makeup is like wearing armor. Um, and sometimes it really helps. But sometimes it doesn't. So when we got there, we were, you have to wait in line for security because they still do like COVID six foot, which is nice. I don't want anyone like on my neck anyways. But there's a line when you when you have to go and give your name and register to go upstairs and whatever. While I was in line, couldn't breathe. Couldn't fucking breathe. I couldn't even talk. So we got to the security line and my mom keeps saying, Do you want to go? We can go outside because we showed up early. We found parking right away. We showed up early and I kept saying no, like I don't even want to, because if I go outside, I'm not coming back in. Like if I go and sit and take a break for a second, I'm not going to go up. So I knew like, okay, I just have to cry (laughs) while I'm doing it. And then also, um, like I explained last time, I don't want to hold the line either. Like we just waited in line. I don't want to get offline and then make a big fucking to do. Just get me upstairs because if I stop now, I'm not going to keep going and I don't want to cancel my appointment. There's someone else who could have had it. Like just, (laughs) I had to push myself. So as I'm online, still panicking and I'm trying to breathe and like calm down and not completely, you know, fall on the floor with a meltdown, I'm losing the air from my lungs. Like I, I can't fucking breathe. So we get to the security desk and the lady is like, what's your name? And I couldn't get my fucking name out. So my mom was answering for me. So they let her come up with me. They didn't ask for shit. They weren't like, is this your mom? They didn't even ask. They, they asked for my name. They asked for my birthday to go up. And my mom was answering for me. And she could see the lady, the security lady could see it was hyperventilating. And didn't give my mom problem at all. But it's probably because... <laughs> I couldn't have made it more obvious that I needed support. Like I needed the support. I couldn't even speak. I couldn't even speak. So they let her come upstairs with me. And even when we got upstairs, you have to do triage before you go into your suite for the infusion. Um, The triage lady was really nice. But again, I couldn't even speak. Like I was sitting in the chair and she was doing the blood pressure stuff. And she was like, is, "Is is did something happen here? And I was trying, I had a like, I was choking on my words, but I was trying to explain to her, it's nothing anyone did wrong. It's just the environment. Because I start, I also start to panic that I even have to be here. It's like all of the feelings of, I still can't believe that this is my reality come crashing in because the symptoms are silent um, and you can't see them on me. And you get so used to your normal that you don't think about it every day. Like, I don't think about this every day. I, I completely forget, you know, like I'll deal with other stuff. I'll keep myself busy. And I will literally forget that this is my reality. We don't have to talk about it. I don't like to talk about it. No one talks about it with me. They know not to ask. Like, I'm really, really comforted in that way. But when you're in the infusion center, it's very much uh facing reality of, holy shit, This is this really did happen. This is really my life. I really have this. And then you remember the feelings of how badly you wish that wasn't true because that's how I feel. I have not accepted it <laughs> for... Like, at all. I have not accepted it at all. I kind of just distance myself from it or pretend. I don't even know what you would call, I guess, disassociate myself from it. Self-defense mechanisms. I'll just do anything to pretend like I don't have it. And I so badly wish I didn't. So badly. Holy shit. I would do fucking anything. Okay? So badly. So when you're in the infusion center, it's like, yeah, you really got this. (laughs) Yep, yep, you, this is your reality. And not only is it your reality, but the first medication failed, which is a whole new, a whole new trauma to take on. And like I said, I usually, you know, I'm an adult, you, you put on your big girl pants and, and you get by, but I think when you're in such a vulnerable place, you feel like a little girl again, that's, that's how I feel, I just feel so, I just go back to the very first night where I was diagnosed and I feel it all over again, that, that burning fear that runs through your body. So when you're in the infusion center, it's that reminder of no 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 bitch, this is your reality. <laughs> it humbles you back down real quick. It humbles you down real quick. And it just takes a lot of internal work to navigate it and then also remind yourself that okay, yes, this is my this is my bullshit. We all have our bullshit, this is my bullshit. And I'm I have to be grateful that there is a treatment. And I'm really lucky to be here and I'm really, really grateful that there's people working here that are so kind and are going to take care of me for these six hours. You have to, it's like constant, like it's exhausting because you are just freaking the fuck out. You just want to cry and be a baby and crawl on a ball and self-soothe and do anything but what the fuck you're doing. But you still have to go about it as a civilized human being and tell yourself and keep those like mental health and trying to get through something is literal hard work. It's not hard as in like labor, but mentally it's so fucking exhausting because every second in your head, you're replaying it over and over again like a loop. Like, holy shit, I can't believe this is real back down to no it's okay we know this already like talking to yourself we know this already we've been through this you're really lucky to get this infusion the infusion works really well it has way better success rates so many people see amazing results from it you're lucky to be here it's one day out of the six months and you don't have to take medication every day like you have to keep going through it over and over and over and over okay so I did the triage. I was choking choking on myself the whole time. And, um, and then they got me ready to go into the infusion suite. So after that, they take your blood because they have to COVID test you. They also have to test your body for infection. Because if you have any type of infection, it could be anything. It could be a skin infection. It could be... A throat infection, like anything, any type of infection, you cannot have an infection and get the infusion. So they have to test your body first before that. So you wait in the suite and um, while they do the blood work, so they come take your blood and then you just kind of wait there for like 20 minutes. Um, There's a TV, there's, it's like a hospital chair, it's not a bed. There's a second chair. For your guest or your stuff or whatever. Um, yeah, so we just waited. I was I started to feel better because the suite is really relaxing. It's not like creepy. It was a nice room, everything looked up to date. It doesn't make me like hospitals don't make me uncomfortable. That type of stuff doesn't make me uncomfortable. It was comfortable. Like I felt much better once I was in the suite and like, okay, past security. My mom is with me. No one's kicking her out. Like, that made me feel so much better. Um, And then I got the results, obviously. I had no infection. Thank fucking God, bitch. Oh, my God. All that to be turned away. (laughs) That's part of the anxiety, too. Like, all of that. And it's possible that you might not even get it today. Oh. So leading up to your infusion, you have to, like, be really, really mindful of safety as in everything, like, if you're sick, don't fucking come near me. I don't care what it is, COVID or not. I don't. I can't get a cold. I can't get an infection. I can't, like, no pedicures. Don't get a nail fungus. Nothing. You have to be so fucking mindful. Because you could be turned away and be fucking rescheduled until you're better. Oh, God. So, obviously, I didn't have any infection. And then they set you up. So, you have to get a drip of steroid first. So they put the port in your arm. It's like the IV port and you have to get steroids first. And then you take two Tylenol and then you take the Pepsid and then they give you a shot of Benadryl, but they put it into your IV port. So they read on my chart that I was so allergic that she gave me more Benadryl this time. I think it was like 50 milligrams. I might be remembering that incorrectly. Hold on. I have to take a sip, even though I'm fucking freezing. (laughs) I'm drinking just water today. I've been drinking so much water because I have to. Mm. We all have to. We all have to. (laughs) But I just, I'm just... I've just been chugging it since the infusion. I don't know. I usually don't drink this much water. I'm not good at drinking water at all. I always need like fizzy fizzy drinks or seltzers, but I've been really chugging the water, which is good. So I don't want to switch it up, you know? Like if I'm on this water thing, if I'm doing it, I got to stick to it. So when she gave me the Benadryl, <sighs> out. I almost threw up because it was so intense. I've never felt that before. I think because it was more than the last time and I don't typically take anything sleepy. It was so fucking intense. I thought I was going to puke. I think I asked my mom for water right there because I was like, I'm going to throw up. You got to give me something. And then I think I knocked out. That was it. I just passed out. And when I woke up, I was starving because they gave me steroids. The steroids make you very hungry, okay? Okay. <laughs> They make your face puffy. You can get acne. They make you really hungry. Like steroids really, really affect your body. Um, They're a lifesaver. They could, they fix a lot of things, but it could fuck a lot of shit up, especially if you're getting a heavy dose within an IV at in a quick period of time. I mean, the steroid drip was like 20 minutes. So when I woke up, I don't even know how long I slept at first when i i think it was like over an hour i was fucking ravenous bitch i was fucking starving so i pack lunches i'll pack something for me and my mom so i brought um my boyfriend ordered me my favorite wrap the night before so i brought that i brought i think like those granola chewy bars i love those and i brought i can't remember what else that might have been it because they also have stuff there So I ate, we ate our food and I was still fucking (laughs) starving. I could not stop eating. Um, But after I ate, my throat started to feel tight again, probably because this was more, it was more, it was more of the actual treatment. So I felt my throat was tight. So they had to come give me more Benadryl and then boom, I was out again. Um, So you're laying there a long time. They give you a pillow and a blanket and it makes you so cold. So once I was laying down and the drip started, I don't know why, but I was fucking freezing. I'm still cold. It just makes you so cold. So I had I bring a hoodie, I had socks on, I brought heavier socks with me. They brought me a blanket. I had a pillow, so I was comfortable. The only thing uncomfortable is that the port is in your arm. So this time was good because she put it lower towards my hand. That way I can have my sleeve all the way down. I need to like make a hoodie (laughs) where you can still cover your arm but still have an IV. This is very niche. But (laughs) if they put it on the other part of your arm, your whole arm has to be out. But it's fucking cold. So she put it on my hand this time. So I was able to keep my sleeve down and it still makes it hard to sleep because your arm has to be in a certain position and it's hard to get comfortable like that. But you're so, dr- I'm so drugged up that I'm going to sleep either way, like in any position. So she came in, they gave me more Benadryl and the whole time, even if I'm sleeping they come and they check your heart rate, they have to monitor you the whole time. Now, I don't know why. I don't know. I'm sure it's in <laughs> the pamphlets. I'm sure they'll explain it to me if I ask, but like I said, there's just shit I don't want to know. So, I believe in pseudo symptoms. Like I feel like if you know too much, you'll feel those things even if they're not happening. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you uh, do you ever look up symptoms on the computer and then it'll give you a list of like, "Oh, you you're dying if If you have this, 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 and this, it means you're dying. And then suddenly you start to feel those things, even though you might not be feeling them. So I don't look anything up anymore. So these could have all been symptoms. Like these could have all been side effects of getting the treatment, like being freezing cold. I'm not going to know because I'm not, I'm not looking it up and I don't want to. So I, I'm pretty sure the nurse said, though, because I was saying, I'm going to be freezing. Can you bring me a blanket? And my mom was like, it's so warm in here. And then the nurse said, no, she's going to get really cold. So I think it's just a side effect afterwards. Um, oh, and I didn't take any edibles or shrooms because I kind of knew I was going to get more Benadryl. I discussed it with my mom as well, like beforehand, because she'll read some stuff. So that way it's like a safer way for me to get information without having to look on the computer. And then she could also sugarcoat that information for me. Um, So I asked, I said, do you think I'm going to get more Benadryl this time because it's a bigger dose? And she said, yeah. So I kind of knew I'm not going to need edibles or shrooms or anything because I'm probably going to sleep a majority of the time. Sleep and pee because you're going to have to pee a million times too. So they brought me more Benadryl and then again, I was out and then I woke up, I had a pee so fucking bad. And again, I was ravenous, but I ate all my food. So I was begging. I was like, do you have any graham crackers? I was so high. Okay. I was like, do you have any graham crackers? Can I have apple juice? I love the hospital apple juice. <laughs> what is the hospital apple juice? Is it just Tropicana like everything else? Oh my God. It was so good. It was I was so ravenous and so high and my mouth was so dry. That apple juice was the best apple juice on earth. (laughs) I kept asking for more. Um, I don't know if you get hydrated at the same time. I don't think you get a hydration IV at the same time. I'm pretty sure you don't because they have to, the way they administer the treatment is a specific way. That's why they have to keep checking on you. So I don't think there's certain things that they can add to it. Like, you can't do certain things during this time um and then it was and then it was over because it went so fast for me because i was sleeping a majority of the time there's not i can't, you can't even stay awake i was watching me and my mom were also watching tv we were watching housewives it was on um it was on repeat on they have like basic Channels on the TV and I bring my laptop. I think my mom brings hers too because she'll work. She could work from home with her job sometimes, but I didn't even take the laptop out because the Benadryl hit me so strong in the beginning. I was out so quick. So there was like no point by the time. So, okay, I'm losing myself. (laughs) So I finished it. And when you're done, they take everything out, but they have to check you again. They have to make sure you feel okay. You know, they don't just like let you leave. They make sure everything is okay first. And then they schedule your next session. So they scheduled me for my next one is in April because it's every six months. So I have six months to mentally prepare. (laughs) I have to do it again in six months. Um, And it goes fucking fast because I feel like this came so fast. And I will be fighting for my mom to come with me again if my mom wants to. If she doesn't want to, if it's too much, then... You know, that's a different conversation. But I would like her to because the other thing is, when we left, I would, I think I fell asleep on the way home. So, how would I get home? This is all the way in Harlem. I live in Staten Island. That is f- very far from each other. So, with me being that tired that I fell asleep on the way home, how would I have gotten home? That's what I want to know too. So, I guess they just expect, um, Someone's going to pick you up. But it's so far from me. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, expect my boyfriend to drive from Staten Island to Harlem to pick me up after he just left the city and he's home with Cher taking care of her. Like, it's just a lot. I'm sure he'll do it, but it's just a lot. And then the other thing is, do I take an Uber? Like, am I supposed to take an Uber? Like, I guess they don't care about that. These are logistics that I have to worry about. But I just think it's nice, like, how... Having my mom with me, and then she could drive me home, and I'm safe. And then when I got home, on the way home, I started feeling the pain. So the treatment causes a lot of pain. It feels like the flu, it feels like your bones are trying to escape your body, like your joints want to disconnect. It is the most painful fucking feeling. And I've had my tonsils out at 27. I've had COVID three times with body pain. I've had the flu before. It is so fucking excruciating. And they don't... I think they tell you, but they try not to like get you... I was already worked up, so they weren't going to say anything else to make it worse. They tell you flu-like symptoms. It's literally flu-like symptoms. So when they say flu-like symptoms, it's flu-like fucking symptoms. So I think when everything wore off, like the steroid, the Tylenol, the Benadryl, the pain was so fucking bad. And I was so fucking tired. I was so exhausted. So when we got back, I was still starving. Oh my God. And I don't really eat like that. (laughs) Like I know I'm thick, but I really don't. I'm just like thick but i don't really eat that much i just don't i'm not i'm not like um what are in puppies they call it food motivated <laughs> i'm not real food motivated holy shit i was starving so we got we went to the deli cuz it was like later at this point and i needed to eat immediately and i don't know where you guys are from but in new york in, in staten island and like suburb new york areas I think, but a deli is like, that's what you do. You know what I mean? Like if you're starving, you need something good, something you know is going to be good and comforting. Like getting a deli sandwich is so fucking comforting. Bitch, top tier, okay? (laughs) Sometimes a deli sandwich will trump a five-star restaurant for me. Like I love them. I don't know if that's gross or not, but let me know if you're one of those kind of people too, because... I, I literally want, want one right now thinking about it. On Staten Island, there's amazing delis with great food. We have tons of panini places where you can get sandwiches. Like, just getting a sandwich here is so regular. Like, that's just what you do. Especially if it's late and you didn't have dinner planned or you were out all day. You just go to the deli. You get a quick bagel. You get a chicken cutlet sandwich. You get a ham sandwich. Something like that. What did I get? Oh, I got turkey. Did I? I think I got turkey and cheese. Did I? Oh my God, I can't even fucking remember. That Benadryl is no good, guys. Holy shit. Benadryl is like, it can't be safe because I'm fully, there's like pieces missing from my brain. Um, I think I got turkey and cheese with lettuce and tomato or just lettuce and mayo, I ate that whole thing. I think I also got, did I get cookies? I don't know. Ate the whole thing. It was so good. I took more Tylenol because it was so painful. The Tylenol helped a little bit, but I was shivering in pain. Shivering. Like, it was so painful. I was so cold. That was the first night. The second day, I was in so much fucking pain. My mom stayed because my boyfriend has to go to work the next day. So my mom stayed with me and she was walking share for me because I just couldn't move. Like my fucking body hurt so fucking bad. And it's just freezing. Like you're just miserable. Like it's hard to not be so negative about it because it's so miserable. Um, but even though so I took Tylenol and it helped a little bit. It helps when when I take the Tylenol, it's not like the pain goes away, but it just it it's just more bearable. Um, and just to not be so depressing, <laughs> my mom took me and Cher to PetSmart. Um, Cher hasn't been eating. She's fine. Not to be alarmed. She's a chow chow and they don't eat their food. <laughs> it's just a thing. Like they eat their food, but you have to beg them. And if it's not like exactly what they want, they won't fucking eat it. So, every few months, she does this. She food strikes because she'll only want treats. She'll only want human food. She doesn't even get human food that much. Like, she's only tried, like, three things. But she'll literally food strike to get something else that she wants. So, I wanted to get out of the house a little. So, my mom took me and Cher and Cher's stroller. And we went to... um, Oh, I tried a new coffee spot. On the It was on the way to Petsmart. It's called Northside Coffee. If you're on Staten Island, the cold brew was pretty good. I liked it. And they had... Oh, I got it before the infusion too. We we got cold brew and co- that's what I had, a coffee cake. <laughs> I brought it with me um, to the infusion. I brought that. I ate that too. If I'm looking extra thick, <laughs> that is why. Because I've just been eating. And so we went there again. I got another cold brew and then we went to PetSmart. Cher loves my mom's car. She loves it. She sticks her head out the window. She loves it. And it was just kind of nice to do something normal after something that I felt like was so heavy for me and something fun. Like one of my favorite fucking things to do, okay, is just dilly dallying, dilly dallying around with my mom, shopping. Getting coffee, getting deli sandwiches, sharing the car, just moseying like a Target, a Goods, a TJ Maxx. Like, you know what I'm talking about? That is my love language. That really makes me feel better. It doesn't matter what the fuck is going on. If we can just grab an iced coffee, go for a stroll in a store, even if you don't buy nothing, do you know what I'm saying? Just mosey around. Like just fucking do the simplest of things with the sun out, a drink, just walking around. So it was nice to kind of like get out of the house a little bit. Even for a little bit, like, because I was so tired, I couldn't even do much more after that. Like after we went to PetSmart, I had to, I had to go back to sleep. But I got Cher her costume. (laughs) I got her a costume. I got her new food that we were trying She still doesn't like it. I'm gonna have to go back and try something else. She'll eat it, but I have to beg her. Oh my god. And I promise nothing's wrong. It's just the chow chow thing. She's healthy. Her poops are fine. (laughs) It's just a chow chow thing. She you just have to keep trying different shit until she decides that she likes it. I tried the farmer's dog. I tried what's the other one? Ollie. I tried different dry foods. I'm on the third dry food now. I try different wet foods, so I'm going to go um, get more stuff to try. Oh, look, she's walking past me. <laughs> so then I got her a costume there. It was so cute. I posted it on her Instagram if you want to check it out. I think I shared it too. It's her Instagram is at it's just share. And then I came back home and slept. And since then, I've been exhausted. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Since then, I've just been exhausted, cold, and the pain has been going in and out. Um, it's not as bad as the first and second day, but I'm just still cold and really tired. Like, so fucking tired. Uh, so that's really it, and I think it's normal. I'm glad it's over. Um, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Talking to you guys really makes me feel a lot better. Like, I really look forward to the podcast, bitch. <laughs> I don't know if it's a hyper fixation. I don't know if it's an unhealthy parasocial relationship. I don't know. But on times that I am really sitting in the dark, do you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? When I'm really, in, when I'm really sitting in the dark, I... Something that pulls me out of it is knowing I get to record the podcast soon and thinking of new stuff that I want to do for the podcast and talking to you guys like it is just the best fucking feeling. So I I hope you guys know that like if you're still listening this long about my fucking (laughs) about my story time of getting this infusion, I want you to know that when it's looking really fucking dark for me, this is something that keeps me together. It really makes me feel like, I don't know. It gives me like, um, what is the word? I- I'm sure there's a word for it. It's not like hope. It just gives me like security. Like, I don't know. It just gives me like, I'm going to be fine because I have the podcast. We'll talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> like therapy. It gives me like therapy, I guess, because I'm not comfortable going to a therapist right now. So are you guys my therapist? I don't know. I think it's also just confiding in a friend. It's like confiding in a friend that you love and you trust and you feel safe with. I think that's what it is. I feel really safe here. I hope that never changes. I know that when podcasts grow, it starts to become V unsafe. But I don't think so. I think that this podcast will find the people that it's meant to find. That's something that means a lot to me too. Like I don't want so I We know someone in the tech field and he offered to help with promoting the pod and like getting a lot of listeners. And I rejected it because I wanted to find the right people. I wanted to organically reach the right people. Like this is not for everyone. This type of conversation, the topics we discuss, my opinion on things, the way I speak is not for everyone. I've never been for everyone. I'm very much like you either love me or hate me. And I'm okay with that. I really only want to attract people who like it here. I don't wanna be for everyone, you know? Cause then I feel like you're also doing something wrong. I wanna be, I feel like when you're genuine, you're not going to attract everybody. Like when you're genuine and you're authentic to yourself, you're not gonna be for everyone. So I don't, you know, I wanted to just find the right people. And it makes me feel really safe knowing that the people who listen genuinely want to listen. You're genuinely interested. We get to talk about things that we all like. You know, I'm not always doing a selfish episode. <laughs> I promise other episodes are not going to be selfish. We, we will go back to the fun stuff because a lot of you ask for more dating advice, which, like, bitch, what, what about anything I said <laughs> makes you want more dating advice from me? <laughs> oh my God. I lost what I was saying. Oh. Anyway, I got share her second costume and it's so fucking cute. You got to see it. It's on her Instagram at it's just share. It's so cute. So I'm going to do her Halloween pictures because, you know, I was a photographer. So I still have all my equipment. I have a great camera. I have a backdrop set up light. I have so many fucking lights. Oh, my God. I feel like at this point, I don't need this many lights, but I just do. I have soft boxes. I have string. I have everything. I'm going to take her pictures. I did them last year. Last year, she was a butterfly. This year, she's going to be a vampire and a little clown. I'm thinking I might dress up with her, which is really cute. <laughs> I don't have Halloween plans. A lot of you shared your Halloween plans with me and your costumes. Um, I don't have any Halloween plans. We were going to have a party, but we decided against it because we had a party over the summer. Let me tell you something. <laughs> it is so stressful. Oh my God, when you throw your own party and you don't have staff, meaning like a cleaning crew, wait, waitresses, a bartender, I don't know how some people do it. I don't think I'm made for it. Like, I don't know how to have fun and also keep up with a party because you got to constantly clean up, constantly get something. Where's this? Where's that? Make sure things don't spill or ruin. Oh my God, it's a pain in the ass. So the idea sounds so fun, right? Like, oh my God, a Halloween party. Like, let me tell you something. It would be the best fucking Halloween party. <laughs> but do you, I was looking up staff and everything for Halloween weekend? Holy shit. It is like on top of supplying food and drinks and the amount of pee. Oh my God. So the idea sounds good, but it's like, I just don't have the energy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like talking about my energy levels. I don't have the fucking energy for that. I'm not built like that. I don't have the energy to clean the house to get ready, prepare the house for the party, take care of Shara during the party, take care of the party, clean up after the party. No, (laughs) no. For those of you who have siblings and family and friends and people who can help you with all that, you are so fucking lucky. I do not have that. Okay, my mom is just here to help me with my infusion. I do not need to call her back for a fucking Halloween party. Like, she's all I got. I can't keep up. So as far as plans, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I feel like, do I want to go out? I really don't want to get sick. <laughs> so many people have COVID right now that I'm like, do I really want to go out? Oh, I do when I don't. Like, you know how it is. I'm a little bit impulsive. So when I think about it, I'm like, God, I really don't want to get sick. So much energy to like get all hussied up in a costume. But then it will get closer in the day. I'll be like, yeah, I'll go out. Like, I'll impulsively decide. So I guess I'll wait till it's closer to decide. But I'm definitely doing Halloween looks. I posted on the My Big Sisters podcast because I asked you guys what you want to like talk about. And somebody asked if I was going to be doing Halloween tutorials. I had an imposter syndrome crisis (laughs) feeling like I feel so fucking dumb for still doing Halloween looks and so many of you reached out and was like what like no you have to do them so I did one last night it was a mess (laughs) I filmed it it was a mess I'm gonna put it on my YouTube channel anyway I feel like it could have came out really good if I wasn't so tired like I'm still really fatigued. And sitting here doing a Halloween look, it took so long that I was like running out of steam. But I feel like if you're not fucking exhausted and you ha- if you have it in you, it will come out. The idea is really beautiful. It's like a, a spider eye type of makeup look. And you could wear it with a beautiful black dress or a jumpsuit, like pretty much anything. And it's really fun to wear out for Halloween and you don't have to buy a costume. You could do it at home. And it's affordable the products i use are affordable i linked everything um i did it kind of sloppy because i was getting really tired like my back hurts my body hurts sitting here in the chair but if i feel like if i was in better condition it would have came out better so i'm going to continue to do them because it was kind of therapeutic as well to like sit here and work on a tutorial whether it's successful or not just like keeping yourself busy and artwork doing something i love so I'm going to do more. I have some more ideas. I want to do one tonight. Um, I had another update. Oh, I joined a gym. I joined a fucking gym. I want to go to the gym today. Um, I want to go in like an hour. I don't know. Because it looks like it's going to rain. <laughs> That's not an excuse, bitch. <laughs> go to the fucking gym. <laughs> I'm excited that I joined the gym. I joined a gym that is predominantly women. It's close it's um I spoke to the owner it's no phones allowed no recording allowed because you know I'm all about like fucking safety and like I that's really something that stopped me from going to the gym for a long time I used to be big into the gym are you around that long (laughs) I was skinny and toned and fucking fit I still have muscle memory from walking and carrying share. like I still have quads I still have um some abs like Under the chub, I'm not saying like I'm in the best shape. I'm just saying like knowing the strength in my body. I still have some of it because that's how much I would work out. I would work out like 10 hours a week, maybe more. That's a lot when you think about it. Plus working and commuting, holy shit, I would do the most. So I want to start working out for my health. I think I lost weight because of the stress last week. But I also wanted to discuss that, um, and we can get into this on another episode. Let me write that down because I want to talk about this. Like eating disorders and stuff, losing weight, eating disorders. Let me write it down. ED. I don't care if I lose weight or not. I used to be big into it. I used to be a huge, like, diet culture person. Like, have a fucking protein shake. And put cinnamon in coffee, don't put cream (laughs) I used to be that because I hated myself fat so much. Um, I fully got over that. I got over it. I think it was like the second time I had COVID. It really put things into perspective for me and um I fully don't give a fuck. I do care about my health though. Like every time I see my doctor, my neurologist, she reminds me like you have to join the gym. You got it. You got to go back to the gym. Cuz I've been with her a long time. So she was there when I was working out a lot and she is still my doctor now and I don't work out. And she reminded me, she was like, you have to, you have to weight lift. You have to yoga, you have to weight lift. you have to meditate, you have to do it. Because we do like a 360 plan. It's not just like take your medication, go, t- go get the infusion. No, 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 she focuses a lot on what are you doing every day? And she keeps reminding me. So since I see her, since I see her at the end of the month, I wanted to make sure that I said I did join a gym and I've been going to the gym. <laughs> Does she need to know how long I've been going? No, because a win is a win. <laughs> a win is a win. Um, so I'm going to start working out because I do. It, it's just something you should do if you have. Well, if you have any type of illness, working out is just good for your neuroplasticity. I have, mine is in the brain. So it's good for you to meditate and work out because it builds neuroplasticity. So I'm going to start going back to the gym. I'm going to start off slow, especially right now because I've been so tired. But um, I have to weight lift. I have to stretch. I have to weight lift. And she's right because it also builds, it also gives you a lot of stamina. It helps with muscle memory. And it also helps with your brain knowing how to use your muscles, which is really important. And I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. So I'm going to start working out. I'm not going to, I'm also going to eat cleaner, but again, for my health. Like when you have what I have, you should really not have dairy. You should really not have sugar. Like all of those things make it worse. So I'm going to clean up my diet, but I'm going to eat as much as I want. So I want to make that clear. Like, And again, I'll get into it in another episode, But I'll be talking about, I guess I'll be sharing like, oh, I'm working out, I'm eating cleaner, but I'm not going to push the eating thing, okay? Because we have a rule here. I have a rule in my house and I have a rule around me. We eat, okay? That eating disorder life is done and over. You want to eat healthy stuff because it's better for your health, great. But don't be counting the calories, okay? We don't count calories here. We don't, no, no, no. We don't food shame. Hold on. I don't like doing any of those things anymore. And I'm sad that I ever did. But whatever. We grow and we move on. But that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be eating healthier. And I'm going to be... And if I lose weight, okay, whatever. But that is not the goal. I'm thinking I probably will, though, because I'm making a major change of, like, not working out at all to lifting weights. That's naturally what's going to happen. But um, the real goal is like I'd really like to do what the doctor said and it will make me feel better because do you guys go to the gym? Because I feel like it's like therapy. It's like a quiet space to focus and it's showing up for yourself. It's knowing you're... It's a form of self-care. I kind of like it. I didn't go for so long because I was fucking hit on at the last gym I went to and it pissed me off. And then I joined a really expensive gym in the city that was great, but because of COVID, they closed and blah, blah, blah. So I just haven't been back, but I'm excited to start. Working out is so therapeutic and that's also why I want to do it. When I was feeling really dark and when I recorded the last episode, right after that, I walked over to the gym and I joined. (laughs) I was like, okay, you can complain and you can cry and whatever, but we do have to get to solutions. You know what I mean? You gotta put in the work to heal. And I this is a huge, this is a huge part of like therapy for me. Working out makes me feel strong on the inside and the outside and all of the, the natural endorphins it gives me. And knowing that it helps my body. And will help with recovering and neuroplasticity makes me feel better. So I'm really excited. I'm sad that I was so tired. I didn't expect to be tired for this long after the infusion. But I'm not going to push it. I mean, it is what it is. But I'm excited to go back. And I'll be sharing like what I'm doing in the gym. But again, not on a diet culture way. This is just health-based. Mental health, physical health. Illness, health, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's really what's going on. Do you want to get into hot topics? Well, I'll end it with hot topics because this is already long. Uh, Haley Bieber and Selena Gomez. I fucking told you this would happen. One, I knew this would happen because Selena is a cancer sign. Here's my logic She's a cancer sign. Listen to me, I'm a cancer cancer suns cancer suns not cancer moons not cancer rising cancer sun signs will do shit like this okay (laughs) it's a manipulation thing we can get into zodiacs on a different episode if you want but cancer suns cancer moons and cancer risings are all very different they're all in touch with emotions. That's the similarity. But Cancer sons are not as deeply sensitive as Cancer moons. Cancer sons can do stuff that you think would be like, oh my God, how could she be with Justin's? How could she take a picture with Justin's new wife? Listen to me. That didn't bother Selena. That made Selena feel good. That was a fucking victory because she knew that would bother Justin. I bet Justin is somewhere punching the fucking air. I bet he's sulking in a fucking corner. And Haley is a Scorpio. She loved this as well. They're two fucking water signs with manipulation tactics who are also successful women. So even though it could have been like very like lighthearted, like, oh, let bygones be bygones, no. This was very, to me, calculated. I also think it was very anti-Justin. I think that Selena is anti-Justin. And I also think Haley is anti-Justin. Stay with me. I do not think they're in love. I think that she was just a safe person for him to be with at the time. He's a Pisces. um, And I think she was in love with the situation and now she's just using the situation her marriage as a platform to better herself because Scorpio's smart a platform to better herself and it also has to do with society too like Scorpio's really fucking care with what the outside society thinks so they'll often stay in a relationship that does not fucking serve them (laughs) and try to like commit to it or try to make it seem like it's happier and better than it is while they're calculating and plotting to move on I think Haley is calculating and plotting, I think she's tired of shit I think he's low-key controlling I think that he loves her for specific reasons but I don't think he's in love with that woman I don't think he can, do you know what I'm saying like I don't think it's, he's in love with Selena, no no no, I don't think Justin can love outside of himself I really don't. That's just my personal opinion. That's just what I'm seeing. This is what my witchy third eye can see. Sometimes I know stuff about about stuff. Do you know what I mean? That's what I see in this. I think Haley is preparing herself to be a very successful single woman. But at this time, she cannot leave her marriage right now. It won't serve her to leave it right now. I think building up road skin... Is it road beauty or road skin? I think building up road skin is part of her plotting her exit. I think a little alliance with Selena is part of plotting her exit. I think it was almost like a jab at Justin as well. Because I think that she has caught him reaching out to her before. To Selena. And I think that Haley... I think this was like a a jab at him like, oh yeah, I fucking know everything. And don't think I don't. That's what I think. I think there's a whole like mini soap opera thing going on behind the scenes. I don't think it was just, no, it's it's women supporting women. No, stop it. Please. You're talking about fucking Pisces, a cancer sign and a Scorpio. Give me a fucking break. It was not just women supporting women. I think in the end, it will be women supporting women. I think that Selena looks at Haley and sees, holy shit, that could have been me in like a negative way. I think Selena's really grateful it wasn't her. And I think Haley is starting to see that Justin is threatened by her success. I think he's probably supportive, but I think that, I think he's selfish. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think he's no better than the typical narcissistic man. That's my point of view. I think eventually we're going to see a separation with Haley and Justin I think we're going to see a more liberated and independent Haley. I was annoyed about... I think I said this before. I was annoyed about her interview because I feel like I wanted it to be more about her. But you know what? I think she's saving that. I think she's saving her personal story for the end. I think she's playing her cards right. She's getting her businesses together. She's getting her money up. And eventually she'll be off on her own and be able to take care of her family and whatever by herself. I'd be really fucking shocked if she ends up having a baby with Justin. I really would. She might do. I feel like maybe she would just for like the clout of having Justin Bieber's baby. But I don't know. I don't think it would be like out of love. I think he loves her because she was his best friend for a long time. And he needs that type of comfort. But as far as like them being a right match, I just don't see it. And I also see Haley becoming a bigger star like i think that Haley is really coming into her independence whoever she hired for her pr to like start pushing out all like even the fucking brownie lips that was so stupid people have been doing that for years the women of color have been wearing the brownie lips whatever they're fucking calling it now for years it's just brown lip liner like stop (laughs) But because Haley has such a great PR team at the moment, she's fucking taking over everything. Like this girl can do anything and she's going viral. I think that's going to continue. But I think it's being, I think for herself, she's she's using it to find her own way out. I don't think she can leave Justin's money at the moment, but I think that's what this is for, to get up her own money. I wonder if they have a prenup. What do you think? They probably do. He's too smart to not have a prenup. Um, So yeah. But that's good too. Because then he can't take her money either. Because he's... I bet he'd be real bitter when they break up too. (laughs) So that's my my opinion on it. And that's my prediction. And as far as Selena, good for her. Good for her. She's probably so happy that she didn't fucking end up with him. She's probably really happy in her life. I think she shows that. Like, I feel like I see that around her. her. Her aura seems really genuinely happy where Haley seems like she's she's plotting something you know she's she's working her ass off for a greater purpose and it's not just road skin I think it's about liberating herself outside of outside of the because she's from what what's the family fuck her father is Steven right what's their last name oh my god I can't remember Haley's maiden name Hailey Bieber's maiden name. Hold on. What is Hailey Bieber's maiden name? She's a Baldwin. I think she wants to be Hailey. I don't think she wants to be Hailey Bieber. I don't think she wants to be Hailey Baldwin. I think she wants her own level of success. And I think we'll see more stuff outside of her and her husband and Selena. And also I wish that it would people would stop tying them together. Like I think she deserves her own level of success. So that's my opinion on it. Um I think that's it. I think that's it and I'm also losing my voice. <laughs> and I have to go edit and I have to get this this podcast up for by the time that some of you are out of work. And you know, Come over to the Instagram if you want to chat and let me know what you think. And I'm going to post sometime this week about what do you want to do for the next episode. I have some ideas. We can do dating advice again. Um, I have some idea screenshot. I can't remember at the moment. Bear with me. I'm still still recovering. I can't remember shit right now. And uh, yeah, that's it. So thank you so much for listening. Stay well, and I love you.